Hey team, welcome to episode six of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. So today we're going to talk about something you're all a bit probably too familiar with, student debt. Hopefully by the end of this episode, it produces a bit less fear. You can see a plan of attack and maybe hope to handle it a different way than you might have planned. So, uh, hey Charles. What's up, Christy? <laughs> Uh, first, we're going to talk about how much student loan debt and then also what do banks think about it. Before we start with that, can I just say something? Of course. I am pumped, jacked up. I feel like I've had like five, six cups of coffee. Uh, this subject I'm just so excited about because I know when we travel uh, weekly in the fall and spring, that we just see these young people and they're just so nervous about what to do. All these Facebook forums and places where they can try to figure out, is this the best decision? Is that the best decision? There's just so many factors. And so this is just going to be kind of fun to really take our 20 plus combined years in this business and be able to give our opinion and hopefully can just resonate with our audience. Yep. So I'm going to tell you the stats and then you tell me what we actually know to be true based upon our conversations. So the American Dental Education Association says that the average D4, right? right, no residency, just D4 coming out of school has $287,000 of debt in 2017. Right. That number seems high or low to you? It's low. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you got you to remember, I, I spoke to an orthodontist this morning who is a son of a general dentist. He had zero. So those numbers are factored in. And yeah. so most people that, that we deal with are the $400,000 yeah. number. But certainly we've seen the five, the six, the seven, obviously a very recent Facebook post uh, that had a million dollars in debt. So it is, it's very common to see those numbers in the four or five and 600,000 for sure. Yeah. And then the interest rate on those, this also varies based upon the type of loans and we can get into kind of some of those, but six to nine tends to be kind of where we see those, right? Um, Especially if you've not refinanced or consolidated and we'll talk about that too, but that number seems to be where most people are falling. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's at 6.3, 6.8, and that's a real number to people. Yeah. And it's so funny to see them, you know, 400000 just multiply it times seven, and they got $28,000. They're calculating it, you know, down uh, to the day of the number mm-hmm. of interest. And so it's really just like a roadblock for them. And so uh, it's cool for us to guide them down this road and, and, and really help them overcome this giant obstacle of student debt. Yeah. And we talked about in our last episode, episode five, about lending right. and how student loan debt is seen differently than other types of debt, right? Obviously, right. if I've gone out and had my MasterCard and gone and charged it up on everything else outside of education, that is different than student loan. If you have three thousand of credit card debt definitely today does not apply we are only talking about student loan debt and why that may or may not matter to a bank yeah so talk to me about how um, every, there's a ton of resources out there and everyone has their own theory on debt some people want zero debt some people see debt as evil some people say oh I'll have debt but I want the right kinds of debt talk to me about this one example of these two people in debt right, right? and when we use debt from here on out, we're talking about student loan debt. So two people in debt, tell everyone who's listening the story of the two people in debt. Yeah. So, you know, we constantly kind of point back to the one uh, approximately 40 minute video that uh, we shot this past year at the, I think it was the National Leader Conference or maybe the annual session, but it's a 
If you're looking for it on uh, YouTube, it's uh, just the uh, Why You Must Own, and uh, I think Charles will write If you Google those words, it'll pop up, and you'll listen to a 40-minute. I think it's important to understand the why. Okay, so if you understand the why of why you're going to own, uh, if you understand that you'll make twice as much money as an owner, potentially have that capability, have that building equity in the business, understand tax planning, preparing for retirement, just being in charge, you get the why, Okay. But one of the cases I like to always show is like, so when you come out of dental school, you're going to have to do dentistry. It's how you're going to get paid. And so a student one says, you know what? I'm so just like emotionally tied to this debt. I must get out of debt. And so for the first five years, the only thing you're going to do is you're going to work as an associate. You're going to do $60,000 of dental uh, collections. You're going to get paid this 25, 27%, and you're going to make $200,000 a year annually. And your goal is to make that money, is to pay tax, uh, check hygiene, live in your little condo, drive your little Honda Accord, and basically pay down this $300,000 of debt. You're making this decision to pay it off in the next five years. And so let's play with the math of $300,000. You're choosing to pay down your debt approximately 60 plus thousand dollars a year over the next five years. So you've achieved this, and now you feel like you're the winner at the end of five years. You have won this game. Person number two says, you know what? What I want to do is I want to be an owner, and I want to be an owner as soon as possible. They want to be an owner maybe their first year, maybe their second year in business. Well, when you look at the benefits of becoming an owner and essentially doing the same $60,000 in the clinical, making twice as much money, now, all of a sudden, instead of making 200000 you have the capability of making 400000 We take that same $200,000 with additional income now as an owner times three, four, five years, whatever that number is. Now, all of a sudden, you're six, seven, eight, a million dollars ahead of the student who did the same exact dentistry, just chose to pay down the debt. And so... To us, it's so simple of just to understand that this debt is an evil debt. It's an interest that's high. We, we can't deduct it. It's really bad. But what's so bad, what's so bad is you to go 30 years in your career and not to be able to see the opportunity to make twice as much, to build the equity, start tax planning, principally. you got to see it. That's why that why video is so important. But I think that if we can arm you with all the information, you can make a really informed decision of how to handle that. Yeah. And I think it also goes to the point that normally four to five years out in your first, you know, two people in debt example, normally four to five years out is when most people, if they, if they weren't driven to own right out of school, right. they're driven to own four or five years out because they begin to see the benefits. They begin to get comfortable with whatever was holding them back before. Right. But then that's the point where if they've only focused on the debt, now they don't have the capability to buy for another you know, two, three years, however long it takes them to save up that liquidity. Let, let me say something here. You're never ready to own. And yeah. you know what? You're never ready to have a kid either. <clears throat> you know, you're never ready. But no one says, oh, I wish I wouldn't have, you know, bought that business. I wish I wouldn't have had that fourth kid. I mean, you just, you just <laughs> you have just figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah. And there's, there's a reason these banks, um, we'll talk, you know, lending that we talked about last week. There's a 99% success rate you have in your field. So I think it's just so much negativity in, the, in this profession about your debt. You can't do it, but you can, you just, you, you can, you're going to be so successful. So uh, just make sure you're surrounding yourself with a good good team and, and, and with positive influencers and understand how to handle this because you never feel like you're ready, but I promise you, you are ready. Yeah. And everyone starts in this age we're in with student loan debt. 
all practice owners, you know, are starting out on a similar footing with student loan debt. I mean, it's rare to find someone that doesn't have that debt. Okay, so there are a ton of great resources out there on how to manage payment plans. What is it? So we are by no means experts in this area I'm about to kind of broach on, but I thought it was important to talk about some of these things as they relate to what we've just been talking about, which is how do I pay my student loan debt? and purchase at some point. So I'm going to go over some repayment options that are out there. Some of these are new. I think they're creating new ways to pay back debt as we speak because there are more and more people getting in more and more student loan debt. So when I graduated, yeah, which was not very long ago, half of these did not exist. And so the normal standard repayment, which is probably what most people are familiar with in most types of loans, which is I'm going to pay back a certain amount over a certain amount of time with a fixed rate. Right. And that amount doesn't change over time, right? Very straightforward. The graduated repayment plan is an amount that's going to increase over time. So I might start off with a lower payment, but I'm going to gradually pay more and more. Generally, standard and graduated are over 10 years. So it's mm-hmm. 10-year time, right? So you got a fixed amount, $300,000. i am going to pay off $300,000 over 10 years. Mm-hmm. The next option is more of extended repayment, right? So that extended repayment, instead of paying it off in 10 years, they're going to give you 25 years, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously your payment is going to be much lower. If I was kind of comparing both of those from my scenario or from our kind of perspective, the longer it takes you to pay off debt, the smaller your payment is per month. And so if you're going to be needing to save to buy practice, I'm going to tell you go extended payment plan, right? If you need that additional money to be able to save. The next two categories, they're based upon what you earn, right? And so most dentists, when they graduate, are put into these income-driven or income-sensitive type plans. And basically what that means is they look at what you make and you make a payment based upon 10 to 15% of your income, Mm -hmm. okay? So that you make less when you start off your career and then you gradually make more. And that's over generally a sometimes 10, 15-year period. And so whatever's not paid off after that 10 to 15 year period is forgiven, right? Which is a good thing that most people think, oh, wow, 10 years from now, whatever I haven't paid off, it's gone. We would counter that it's unlikely that given the income level you should be making, that you're going to have anything left to be forgiven after a certain period of time because hopefully you're making more and more money each year as you're an associate, as you buy a practice and you're a practice owner now, the amount of income that you have to be able to calculate this income-based repayment is going to exceed there. And so I think it's a good option and I think it's nice that there are so many options, but what we want you to do is we want you to really focus on practice ownership, if that's your goal, whether now or two years from now, and be able to make a choice based on this that maybe financially, like if you were talking to a financial advisor or someone who might not say, yeah, you know, pick the longest amortization or longest term because you're in the end going to pay more interest. But if it allows you to save money every month where otherwise you couldn't, we want you to do that because we want you to own because that's how you get the cash flows to pay off the debt and save and and be in a better position financially. Yeah. So reminder, we're not a proponent of student debt at 7% just to never pay it off. We're no, a proponent absolutely. of working one to two years, You know, getting a lot of experience, get your speed up, build some cash. The bank will lend you 100% of your, your practice loan. So in the first one to two years, you still have to three or $400,000 of dental school debt. And because you extended these payments out, uh, you've had lesser contribution, you know, in, 
you know to to those loans, but you able to build some cash, and so the banks like like liquidity. So, and the idea of this loan is just going to be forgiven in twenty years because you know you didn't make any money. I mean, you're in the number one profession. I mean, dentistry is just it's crazy. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but average general dentist you know makes approximately five hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's not like this loan is just you're not like you're not going to make any money. I mean, you'd you have to work really hard not to make any money. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to have a focus. I want to be an associate for the rest of my life, you know, to not hit these amazing, uh, you know, income numbers. So uh, yeah, and there's also um, some people come to us and say, hey, I have this opportunity to work in this public service loan right. forgiveness program, right, right, right? Where I go and I'm going to work somewhere for 10 years. Maybe it's an underprivileged area. I'm going to give my services at this lower rate. Um, and then I'm after 10 years, whatever student loan debt I have is forgiven. What do you think? Right. right. Um, I think a lot of things about that. Mm-hmm. All right. And you probably do too. Um, my first thought is that is so kind of you, right? right. Like, because most people that do this are doing it not from a financial standpoint, or at least when they ultimately do it, they're not choosing. Um, I think the question of whether I should or not initially comes from a financial perspective because they're Mm -hmm. seeing that forgiveness at the end of the road. Absolutely. If you're doing it because it's just in your heart and you have a calling or it's your hometown and you want to give back or whatever those reasons are, those are great. Mm -hmm. But if it's financially? Well, it's, you know, the same thing too with like the military, you know, for many times, uh, if you choose to go the military route, I mean, people have come to me and said, what do you think about that? You know, I'm going to get this loan forgiveness of of $400,000. I'm like, serve your country because you want to serve your country. You know, right. ser- serve your community because you want to serve your community. You're typically going to make maybe $130,000, $140,000 a year. I guess I could make the argument that you might make more than that in their four years of private practice. Um, but $400,000 is a big number to pay off. And so typically the federal government's going to be the one on the on the military standpoint that right. obviously have the greatest return on investment right. if you're looking at it just from that. Whereas maybe working for the state, you might get you know twenty five, fifty thousand dollar type of repayment on a per per year basis. So um, again, I think where Christy is going is certainly where I, I look at this as well. Is go down the road that is is your best calling and try not to look at this debt and just to figure out okay what's the best way to get get rid of it it's the best way to what's the best way to enter this field and work for the next 30 years right personally if that's the decision you're making great financially not there's other ways to handle this that make a heck of a lot more sense financially mm-hmm. okay yeah so so those are repayment options and obviously you know i think it's clear where we stand on some of those the next area we get a lot of questions on is consolidating or refinancing debt and does that make sense And I always start with financially, if I'm speaking purely from a financial standpoint, refinancing, consolidating to lower your interest rate and pay less interest over time always makes sense. Mm -hmm. The question is, when does it make sense to do that refinancing and consolidation? Yeah. So let me give you two two examples. So these are the two people that come out of dental school. Uh, They both have, in this example, $300,000 in debt. They're both at 6% interest rates. And so we both agree that... Both scenarios are paying eighteen thousand dollars of student loan, you know, interest. And so the question is, you know, what to do. And so person one happens to be blessed where they happen to, I don't know, inherit the hundred thousand dollars. They've got liquidity of a hundred. They have spousal income of two hundred thousand dollars, 
And so looking at refinancing that, I mean, I'm feeling really good about maybe a a 10-year term with uh, a Sophie or, you know, any one of these groups and we can get that down in a a 5%, 4.5%. I mean, that starts to make sense from a financial standpoint. But, you know, in scenario two uh, is I've got zero liquidity, zero spousal income. I got $300,000 in debt and that $18,000 of interest in this example per year basis is just staring you at the face. And I know I gave you this example just a few minutes ago, but let's go back to it, which is, again, if you can make 200 more thousand dollars a year as the owner versus the associate doing the exact same dentistry, in this example of doing $60,000 of clinical dentistry, the difference is 200,000 or 18,000, which is my interest, which one is better. So we try to make things as simple as possible so that you can make the best informed decision. Where I get just so emotional and fired up about this is the fact that, you know, corporate dentistry is in our faces. It is completely trying to take over this entire profession. They want to become the next medicine. They, they, they want to become the next pharmacy. And they're just attacking you and telling you that you can't do this. And this student debt is just overtaking you. And to, to make you think that you can't do this, the math is the math. We've been hearing about for the last 30 plus years about you know how corporate's going to come and take over this field. It's only going to take over this field if there's one thing and one thing only, if you're not educated. And so it's important that, you know, as you hear messages that are positive, uh, that have uh, financial facts behind it, that you can share this information uh, with someone else and that we as a group, you know, can, can make, you know, better informed decisions of managing this debt, you know, appropriately, because again, uh, it, it's an amazing, bright future in my eyes, certainly, I know you're with me, uh, you know, as well. And I've just got so many successful dental clients and friends just crushing it. I just hate that when young people have this debt and it just is something that they just can't get their, their mind wrapped around and figure out how to handle it. Absolutely. And I think the second scenario you gave in that, right, the one that has liquidity already and doesn't really have spousal income and, and maybe that person that maybe is a fit for refinancing is not as likely as the person number two, right. right, who doesn't have anything saved. The people we are speaking with right. most often fit in that second category. And so I think it's important, you know, for, for us, if you have the ability to do both, save and refinance or save and pay down debt, do it, right? right. I mean, that's smart. But our whole conversation today is if you don't have that, you know, benefit and you don't have that flexibility to do both and you can only choose one, why maybe not putting all your energy to paying down that debt makes the most sense. We are advocates of managing that debt smart um, and doing it successfully. Um, We understand how important it is and kind of what a weight it sets on your shoulders. Um, And and the goal is just to try to give you another avenue to to get there and hopefully get there more quickly with the practice ownership and those cash flows. So, okay, well, anything else to add? I feel like we've kind of made our point on this, but we are always here for questions. We love having these conversations and kind of sorting through your particular scenario because we can talk big picture all day, but everyone's a little bit different and what their situation is. Yeah, I, I just, I love our team. I love the fact that we do these coaching calls with these these young people and be able to just to listen to them and to give them hope 
and to give them direction. And certainly we want to be able to support them as they find these opportunities you know, for ownership and to be able to help them understand what they're looking at from an acquisition and purchase and partnership or whatever it may be. And uh, just to really take them down that path that's gonna lead them to really successful. And well, awesome. That's all I got, girl. Okay, well, thanks guys for listening. We appreciate it. Remember, uh, check out our website, find us on SoundCloud or iTunes, um, NDP and Transition Talk. Appreciate your time. Have a great week. And until next time. Great job, Chrissy.